The aim of Black Mental Matters is to tell experiences with honesty. Therefore, some discussions may trigger an adverse reaction. If a discussion is beginning to upset you, we advise that you please stop listening and talk to your support team. Once again, it's Black Middle Matters. How you doing, Vince the Voice? And this podcast designed again to eradicate that stigma as it relates to mental health in the black community. Also, let you know that you're not alone. You facing it, I'm facing it. We're all facing these difficulties. But together and with some help, we can get through any dang thing. And I know it's that time of year. We're going back to school. And so I am just so happy that uh, we're going to be talking today, myself and Makiba, to a representative, Dr. John Dunkel of the Jed Foundation. It's an organization, nonprofit that protects emotional health and prevents suicide for our nation's teens and young adults. If you don't know, the numbers are going up like crazy, everybody. And particularly those, you know, in college as well. You know, that's a whole new experience. And when you're talking about college for families of color, well, you know, black folks is a whole nother ball game. So sit back, learn, relax. It's that time. It is Black Mental Matters. It is Black Mental Matters. Vince the Voice, Makiba. How are you, Makiba Reed Johnson? How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I am doing good. I just love how every time you announce my name, I feel like that we're we're at, at Buckhead Fight Club for a, for a fight night. It's just like. Yeah, well, you know what? Ring announcer's voice. I love it. It's coming up again. I told you last. It's coming up. So we're going to have the big press conference September 1st, but we'll talk about that later because we got we got to knock out some other things right now, champ. Um, Makiba Reed Johnson, we have on the uh, on the podcast with us today, this gentleman, something else, boy, licensed psychologist Mm -hmm. in the uh, Mm -hmm. Illinois and New York, 25 year career counseling and uh, psychological services at Northwestern University back in the shy, my my place. He was the executive director for 15 years, works with this great organization. I want everyone to look up the JED, J-E-D Foundation. Without further ado, boys and girls, it is none other than Dr. John Dunkel. Dr. John Dunkel, how are you, sir? I'm great. What a good introduction. Thank you. And uh, thanks for having me, Vince and McKeeve. I'm really excited to be here. Well, we are definitely definitely excited to have you. So let's jump right in, Doc. Uh, Let's start off with, with the JED Foundation, because that is who you, even though you're a man on your own, standing on your own two feet. You work with the JED Foundation. Tell us, what is JED? Sure. The JED Foundation is a nonprofit organization based in New York City, and it is an organization that is focused on protecting emotional health and preventing suicide for the nation's teens and young adults. And it was created about 20 years ago by our founders, Phil and Donna Satow, who tragically lost their son, Jed, to suicide in 1998 when he was a student at the University of Arizona. And so I, in my capacity at Jed, I work in the area of higher education, which is my area of expertise and passion. Um, And we go out and we help schools develop, you know, plans for promoting mental health and uh, preventing suicide. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. And and please pass on to those founders, you know, our appreciation for uh, their stepping forward. The reason we're doing this podcast, you know, I lost my dad and my brother uh, to to suicide. And so, you know, we use these uh, lemons and turn them into lemonade and their lives were not in vain. And we're making trying to make a difference out here. Um, and, And so everyone is experiencing right at this time, college is coming back into session. 
profession. And uh, uh, Makiba, you know very well, you worked with a great institution here uh, for a decade at least, right? Uh, right. Spelman, yeah, yes. college here in wellness. Um, mm-hmm. And so mental health for these college students, it, it's major. It's major. I'll just put it like that. And so where do we begin? Where do we begin, Makiba? What, what would you ask the doctor? You already have been in that world. Where would you begin? <laughs> First of all, I, I just have to tell you, Dr. Dunkel, it's so impressive and commendable what you are doing, especially with mental health on college campuses, because any, anyone who's you know been on campus understands as a student, when you are trying to work on your academic pursuits and your mental health it's like you're being torn in two opposite directions and and it's almost as if school and and higher ed and academia especially when you're getting up you know into graduate level schools and you know working on a dissertation is that it's sort of built into the fabric of the nature of getting a degree is to sort of just grind you down is to make sure that you know you are at the top of the class and, and that you are mastering this material and it's so difficult for students to find that space to say, hey, I'm struggling in this area with my mental health, but I'm in higher ed. I'm trying to finish this degree. So this is just so on time what you're doing because students need to understand that their mental health while they are on campus is important. Absolutely. And, you know, and that was the case even before COVID. It's Mm -hmm. been made even worse and percolated even more in the last year and a half. Um, right. So you're absolutely right on that. I like the way you said percolated. Right. I, I can tell you work with young people. Yeah. It's time to percolate and get this, <laughs> get this together. Well, yeah. so, so, so again, we're, we're we're getting back into 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 school now, back into college, and mm-hmm. uh, you you have identified some trends as it relates, Doc, in uh, college student mental health. Let's talk about that first. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the trends that you and Jed Foundation, what you have found with our young students helping our parents? You know, as we get back back into school, some of the things they need to be looking out for? So I think, first of all, one of the things, you know, all the data have indicated that um, young people, you know, and I'm, when I say young people, I say anywhere from 18 to 24, I'm thinking more of the traditional, so-called traditional undergraduate and graduate right. students, um, have really reported increased levels of anxiety, feelings of anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation. There's been, you know, a lot of some alarming data that's come out recently about alcohol and other substance misuse. Um, I think I read a, a CDC report recently that overdoses by, by drug overdose deaths have gone up by 30% in 2020. Oh, my God. Um, so all of these yeah. things were, were seeing, you know, increases. And again, these were on the rise before yes. March 2020. Mm. <laughs> and then throw in COVID and not to mention, you know, the, all the, the racial strife and the police oh, yes. brutality, the murder yes. of George Floyd. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the election. We cannot underestimate right. the election, no matter what side of the Oof. of the aisle or whatever you call it you're on. Yes. It yes. has been one of the most polarizing and I think divisive one still is, no matter what side you're on. So mm-hmm. I think all of that adds up to a real sort of boiling point for our young people and their families. Um, as they come into the new year. And we still don't know. There's a lot of unknowns for the fall. Mm. You know, right now the plan is a lot of are going back. But, of course, you yes. see the Delta variant and rises in, in all different areas and different states. So right. it's, been, it's been really tough. And young people, they want to connect. They want to be with each other. They right. want to be with their peers. And it's just added. All of that's going on. And uh, it's, led, it's led to 
a lot of um, you know pressure, even more so, and then trauma. Mm. I cannot talk about yes. what our young people is are going through right now and their families without talking about trauma. Mm -hmm. And I really think one of the things I am advising all campuses to look at is really developing a trauma-informed perspective, even more so now, mm. whether it's um, racial trauma, whether it's trauma from loss of someone from, from COVID or otherwise, yes. uh, it, it is really there. And if campuses don't understand it, they need to get a grip on it. You know, you so, you have outlined so much there. I don't I don't know why the alarm is not just blaring right now in in every arena, every church, every school, everywhere that the alarm is blaring because this is happening right now. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I I believe this is my my own personal experience. I believe this was percolating before COVID. Mm. There were a mm -hmm. lot of things that had gone on um, before, particularly around, you know, police brutality and, and other yes. things like that. That that has really been going on for a while. And I started to see indications of trauma, both within students and with campus communities before even COVID came. Yes. Mm -hmm. And now I'm not even on a campus, so I'm not real sure. I just imagine that's even gotten worse. So. And Makima, right. you can recall, remember the show we did about um, uh, those young advocates out there and the yes. fact that, you know, because they were on the front lines with all of the police brutality and everything. And the fact that they probably needed mental health support more than anybody uh, because Absolutely. they were constantly right. on the front exactly. lines fighting. Yes. 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 Uh, one way that I saw this evidence itself is, you know, a lot of the students who, particularly black students and students of color, um, mm -hmm. the way that they... Uh, some of them heal and some of them um, really find their voices through activism on campus. Yes. Well, absolutely. You know, while that's great and that needs to be supported, it's also draining emotionally yes. and physically. Yes. And so I hope that campuses find ways to support students because there's going to need to be more of that as, as they resume um, school this year. Right, right. Um, Dr. Dunkel, can you tell us exactly how your organization is getting the word out to parents and students, I, I know that they're probably not having the new student orientation, you know, in the fall like they used to, where you could kind of, you know, get all the students and the parents together and say, hey, these are the resources that we have on campus. This is how you sign up. How are you all getting this information out there? Well, we, we do it through various listeners that people sign up to. We have our we have our um, various social media, LinkedIn and uh, Instagram, et cetera. And so we really make an effort to really reach as many people as we can, um, students, their families, higher education professionals. We now are working with over almost 360 schools We're wow. and growing. We're going to be growing even wow. more. So our reach is pretty big. And that Excellent. represents over 4 million students. Wow. Um, and one of the things I was going to say is that, um, Vince, I think you mentioned earlier about, you know, campuses need to really be firing the alarm. Uh, I agree with that. And I think many are. I just think, you know, where there's the will, is there the wallet, you know? <laughs> and so how are they going to afford like it? That. <laughs> it's another issue. Yeah. Uh, that was something issue. my grandma used to say. And so, you know, like two big systems, university systems, SUNY and Georgia um, announced in the last six, seven, eight months that they are committing a good amount of money to mental health on campuses. So that's encouraging. And let's hope that that continues. And 
every interview or excuse me, every survey that presidents of, of colleges and universities have done recently, mental health of their students and their staff are on the top of the list wow. in terms of their areas of concern. Well, big kudos to everybody with the UGA system here, because I uh, you had informed me, you know, that you all have been doing work in Georgia. And I'm just so glad that they are are, are, are taking that step. And again, now that school is coming back into, you know, it's coming back. It's 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 the what? Uh, what see, I didn't go to school, so I don't know what you cut. The semester is getting ready to start again. And so families are getting ready. Juniors he may be already there. They're getting ready. What are some of the things because the, the alarm is so prevalent? What are some of the things that, that that families can do to support these young people? Because you're doing your work at the at the school, but families can take part in this uh, good mental health outcome for our college students as well. So one of the things that I always tell parents. And I was interviewed for the, in the New York Times a, a few weeks back on student health insurance. And one of the things I said in that interview was that I encourage families, parents, and students to ask as many questions yes. as you need to. Yes. And to explore, ask, 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 and attend any orientation that is offered. See, a lot of these, especially new students and their families, they get inundated with a lot of information. Yes. <laughs> feel bad for them right. sometimes. And I was one of those people who used to do that. Um, but I always found, what I found was really important in my experience of working with families is that I always made sure that there was time set aside where I would stay after orientation to answer mm questions of parents so they really want to tell their story and they really want yes. to be heard and i found that was a great way to connect and right. so ask 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 find out what the resources are talk to your student about you know if you're feeling like you need um support what are the resources it doesn't have to be a mental health resource you know there's religious and spiritual life on most campuses yes. there are peer initiatives there's a whole host of things that can be accessed and is particularly important in my experience with um, students of color and particularly black men who are the ones that are most difficult to reach for a number of reasons. Some of it's stigma, some of it's, you know, they may not realize that they are like maybe anxious or depressed. Um, and so it's really important to talk to your students and really to understand what the campus resources are and how to access them. Every campus is different, but most mm -hmm. have some type of support um, that's available. And most schools also have a family or parent orientation program and website which, you know, is a great resource um, for them to access. Boy, you said black. Right. When you said the black males, yes, I, I because that's that's a time when your uh, hormones have really kicked into play. You are strong. You're a man. You're on your own. Last thing you need somebody to tell you is you need to get some, some mental health yep. help, you know? Yep, yep. Mm. And it's even exacerbated by, I listened to one of your podcasts earlier about um, the sport, the student the athletes. Yes. I know that right. I'm focused on athletes mainly, but uh, student athletes in particular, I'm also um, very aware of the added uh, stressors they have in being a student and an athlete. And then particularly uh, students of color who are student athletes, you know, they add a layer that they have to um, deal with mm -hmm. in terms of if there's lack, not feeling safe on campus for a number of reasons right. or whatever it might be. You know, sometimes they have the Student athletes of color have the added uh, stress of dealing with, you know, misconceptions from other non-student athletes who believe, oh, they get everything. Right. Which right, right. I've had the experience that 
a lot of student athletes have food insecurity, have, you know, concerns about, you know, helping families back home. And so there's a whole the added layers uh, to that. Mm. Absolutely. And, and and what I love about how the Jet Foundation is using, I believe it's Timely MD for for the telehealth, is, is that um, I believe that the student to counselor ratio is 250 to, to one student. Um, and my my experience in higher ed, the biggest concern that students had was, well, two of them were, number one, it took too long to get on the counselor's schedule. Mm. I mean, it was like months sometimes. And, and these students were, you know, dealing with suicidal ideation or depression or, you know, or some were, you know, self-diagnosing themselves because they just didn't know, you know, what what they were dealing with. And then number two is that counseling closed at five, you know, so so they were so the campuses were still running you know, their their counseling department in alignment with the business right. hour. So students are in class. And and so there was no, you know, evening or weekend um, counseling services. So I love that what you all are doing, Dr. Dunkel, that it's it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Wow. It's in 50 states. Wow. And, and the fact that the student can choose their own therapist. Wow. I mean, it, it's it's the perfect model that that's fitting in and, and and solving so many problems that students have been talking about on campus for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, just to clarify, um, we are using time to MD. They are campuses if they, when they join us, they can get a discount okay. to have oh. a timely MD. So campuses um, decide whether or not they want to implement it, but you're absolutely right. A lot of campuses are using things like timely MD uh, the Georgia system is using Christie Campus, which is a similar type of, of, of uh, organization and service um, mm-hmm. to really supplement what's on campus. You know, one of the things that I talk about with all campuses, and especially those who are not mental health professionals, is you have to think of mental health on a continuum. Mm. Yes. When people think of me- most people think of mental health, they think of mental illness and treatment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When the vast majority of students are dealing with just normal developmental, maybe some occasional stressors here and there that don't even require a mental health professional. Right. Right. And right. what are campuses putting in place for that? You know, yes. it's sort of like physical health. You know, there's a lot of things one can do uh, to um, impact one's physical health, like making good decisions around exercise and eating mm-hmm. and sleeping. It's the same thing with mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having other things in place that really support good mental health decisions are really important as well on campuses. Are you finding mm-hmm. uh, are you finding now that with so I mean, it, it, it is getting more uh, press, uh, more or less. It is getting more eyeballs. People are talking about it. You got these athletes and, and, and celebrities, you know, talking about their mental health mm-hmm. uh, 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 travels and, and, and challenges that students or and or families are more receptive to receiving this type of help. Yes. And I I will tell you, over the course of my 25 year career, I have really seen the needle move on, you know, what we call stigma around seeking mental health treatment in in particular. You know, you know, young people today, I call them kids. I know they're not kids. Yes, they are. (laughs) Anyway, 
They're babies. The young people, I'm going to be good and say young people. Young people today are more willing to talk about mental health than I've ever seen in yes. all my career. And yes. that's a good thing, I yes. think. They're more comfortable than the so-called adults in the room. Wow. And so it's yes. really um, encouraging to me to watch and to see young people really becoming leaders in it on mm-hmm. some campuses. So, you know, you think of Active Minds, which is a, an organization that was developed by students, you know, right. that really encourages students to talk about mental health to reduce stigma. That's encouraging. Yeah. That yeah. is extremely mm-hmm. encouraging. But when I say that, again, I will say there are pockets of, of communities where there's the stigma is still pretty tough. Right. Like I said, men in general is still they're hard to reach, but men of mm-hmm. color even harder. Yeah. You know, so that's why campuses need to think strategically about how to reach those students. Like, you know, to me, someone said to ask me one time, you know, can you teach cultural competence as a therapist? Right. Well, you can teach it, I said. But really, the bigger issue is how do you develop trust among those students? You do it by getting out of your office and going over and having office hours, like in the multicultural center, for example. Absolutely. That trust is important. If they don't trust you, whoever the student is, they're not going to come to you, no matter who you are. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. And and also students see the counseling building as as sort of like a no man's land. I remember students telling me that they did not want to be seen going into the counseling building. So, so you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and there was actually some encouragement. The the counselors are being encouraged. Hey, you know, you all need to come out of the building more and, and interact with the students just to do what exactly what you are talking about. Dr. Dunkel is to gain the trust because the students need to understand that you have to build the, the, you know, the counselors, need to understand that that's a relationship that you have to build with the students and that if the students don't see the counselors just interacting with the students like the rest of the administration is it's really difficult to actually earn that trust you're absolutely right and i also love that you're talking about cultural competency because another issue students had was you know that 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 there weren't enough lgbtqia plus affirming counselors that they could talk to they were looking for therapists that looked like them so to to, to actually Mm -hmm. be able to go through an organization that's aware of these needs is a game changer. Absolutely. And, and students want to, they feel safer when they see uh, professionals who look like them or yes. have shared yes. identities. And so, yes. which leads to another problem that I, I think needs to be addressed is we need more um, clinicians of color in the yes. pipeline. Yes. You know, yes. I'm a psychologist, I have a doctorate. There's psychiatrists who have MDs, medical degrees. You know, mm-hmm. about two to four percent of people who come out of those training are particularly black clinicians. And that's a problem. And it needs to be addressed. Now, the social work world is a little bit better than some of the master's level, but we need to keep on um, finding ways to really bring in more uh, students in graduate level programs, particularly the doctoral level, um, who are black or other other, um, people of color. Well, that's, yes, that's Vince and I have actually yeah. talked about that. That's yes, the, we talked about how we, yeah, how yeah. we need to encourage, you know, funding and and scholarships and other 
incentives yes. for for students of color to go into this field. Absolutely. Yes. And, and also, we, we've also gotten feedback from students that have told us that they need the encouragement from their parents when they're choosing that major because some parents don't understand, yes. you know, what is mental health and what do you mean you're, you're going to get a job as a counselor? What is that? I thought you were going to be a lawyer, you know, so, so, right. so, so there has to be some support on the end of the family members as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, a lot of people don't even know what psychology is or psychiatry. Right. What's the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist and a social worker? You know, I got my doctorate in psychology and, you know, my parents to this day still don't really know what I do. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and that's okay. <laughs> but people don't understand it. And so one of the things I like to do is really to talk to young people when they have interest in, in um, exploring this field to really tell them a little bit about it and what some of the options are. So, Well, I think yes. uh, we have identified a, another specialty, uh, Makiba, that uh, uh, we can encourage young people to to uh, get into this field, and that is uh, being a, a mental health uh, professional for college students. Um, yes. I think how many college students, you know, we talked about it for sports, we've talked about it for other, but but for college Absolutely. students, this is a special, this is a specialty uh, because these yes. are some unique uh, uh, right. challenges and unique situations that these students are in and with mm-hmm. organizations like Jed, I'm feeling like we're getting closer yes. and closer to that, especially after having this uh, conversation with Dr. Dunkel because I know he going to slam Dunkel this back to his folks <laughs> and, say, and say, let's get busy here. with this. Let's get busy. Yeah, they're getting busy. Let's yeah. get busier and get these, get some 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 uh, counselors and, and psychologists and psychiatrists that look like these students mm-hmm. and it could just be win-win-win uh, all the way around for families, students, mm-hmm. our communities, and the colleges. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. And anything I can do to help with that, I, you know, like I said, I take any, whenever students reach out to me um, and ask, hey, can I talk to you about what it's like to be a psychologist? I said, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I use an opportunity to really maybe mentor to some extent. Um, so that's a big passion of mine. Yes. That's excellent. And that's so needed. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Dr. Dunkel, can, can you tell us how our suicide attempts or disclosure of suicidal ideation addressed um, with with Jed on these campuses? I do know that that the, the experience that I had was that students did not want to be, quote unquote, 1044'd um, because yeah. they were saying that every time. That, that they would disclose that they, you know, were dealing with some, you know, suicidal thoughts that the campus police would be called. And there, we actually yeah. had a couple of students that were handcuffed and, and put in the back of the police car because uh, they were, yes, because yes. they were suicidal. So how does the Jet Foundation deal with that when that's happening on campus? So one of the things that I've talked about with campuses, you know, I mentioned earlier a trauma-informed approach. Um, one concrete way that campuses can, can do this, um, a trauma-informed approach, is how they manage situations where a student needs to be evaluated for possible hospitalization. It does happen. It doesn't often, yes. Yes. but it does happen. And when it happens, you need to make sure the student is safe. And for campuses that use police force, you know, that's very triggering potentially, particularly if it's a student of color. And so yes. there's 
There's been efforts recently by some campuses, um, Johns Hopkins is one of them, and Washington University in St. Louis, to, um, you know, now use uh, mental health professionals to go respond to crisis situations. And um, so we we talk with campuses about what they do in terms of transporting students when it's necessary. Um, And we also, you know, um, have done a lot of work on, um, you know, what's called means restriction. Um, that's mm-hmm. a big part of of, um, of suicidal assessments is, you know, do you have access to means, legal means? Um, yes. We also talk about, you know, just general what you do when you have, you're concerned about a student. Are there ways to have a net underneath a student before it reaches yes. a crisis level? Yes. That's what we talk about. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, doctor, I, Excellent. I, I tell you, that, you know, I always know that there was a good uh, program when we run out of time and we want to ask so many more oh questions. Goodness. I know it goes no. so fast, but, <laughs> but but what I want you to do, if you can, I know that uh, you all have some resources, whether it be your website or something like that. If parents, students, whomever wanted to access some of that, where could they find uh, uh, information that can help them navigate uh, the, 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 the black college family experience? So on our website, the, the uh, jedfoundation.org, we have uh, lots of resources there. And I'm going to it right now. I'm sorry. I got My computer went down on me. <laughs> no problem. The um, jedfoundation.org, there's lots of great resources on that yes. website. And one of them is uh, uh, we have a mental health resource center. And there's lots of different yes. pieces of information for everybody, including parents. Um, and they can find a lot of different things on that website. Um, we have a we have a, a bunch of information as well around um, our diversity, equity, and inclusion that they can access. But it's all right there. All right there. JedFoundation.org is the website. And uh, today, again, we've been talking with Dr. John Dunkel, a licensed psychologist and uh, credentialed all over the place, credentialed by the National Register of (laughs) Health Service Providers in Psychology. So, uh, I mean, he knows and has been on the forefront for a long time. And I encourage anyone with a college student or even even prior, if if you you have a junior, senior, you can start, uh, you know, getting prepared. Because it is a, 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 a milestone. It's a journey. It's a leap. It's it's new uh, when your young person goes to college. I'm thankful both of mine have done it, been there, done that, graduated, done, got jobs. But it was a challenging time, as I recall. I recall. And, and adding adding uh, everything that has taken place now with COVID, police brutality, all this stuff that has taken place. Hey, have some heart for our young people. I'm so glad Jed Foundation does. Thank you so much, Dr. Dunkel. Yes. Thank you both for having me. Thank you. All right. We'll see okay. you guys next time. It's Black Mental Matters.